right before she got here, the landscapers started outside and it was oh, like no. lawnmower. And I live like right in front of the grass. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like crazy lawnmower noises. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't have this on my podcast. Welcome to Podcasting in Real Life, the Buzzcast show where we dive into the real-life stories of podcasters in the middle of their podcasting journey. I am your host, Travis Albritton, head of content at Buzzsprout. And as always, you won't hear anyone famous on these podcast episodes. Instead, you'll hear everyday podcasters just like you share personal stories about how podcasting has impacted them and the things they've learned along the way. And in today's conversation, I get to sit down with the host of the Hey Presley podcast, Presley Hirsch. And what I love about Presley's story is that when she decided to start her podcast, she was a complete beginner starting at square one. She had no experience in podcasting and no experience in editing audio or video of any kind. And so what was really cool is hearing about her mindset when she decided to pull the trigger and how that allowed her to succeed and overcome the obstacles and the, and the things that you have to learn at the beginning to actually launch her podcast. And then I also appreciated her input and her insight in coaching your guests because if you've been in podcasting for any length of time, you know that the more comfortable you can get your guest to feel in front of the microphone doing the interview, the better the interview will turn out. And so Presley shares some really practical things that she does with all of her guests to help them feel at ease, to feel comfortable, and to trust Presley with their stories and deliver a great interview. Now, while most people find the idea of learning how to podcast daunting, the more challenging it became, the more Presley wanted to see if she had what it took. So I never knew what podcasts were. I always had the app on my phone, of course, and just ignored it and put it away on like the third page that I never looked at. And um, I wasn't super into personal growth, but was really into health and nutrition. And I used to do really competitive bodybuilding. Um, and then over time, I just started to get a lot more into personal growth books and um, really discovering this concept of bettering yourself. And so then I started listening to audiobooks and then kind of dipped my toes in podcasts and dipped them back out and then started listening a little bit more and just got really interested in, in podcasts. And then I just couldn't get enough of them and just kept listening to them. And during that time, I transitioned from competitive bodybuilding to CrossFit to Olympic weightlifting, trying to find kind of I knew I loved to move my body and that I loved to live a healthy lifestyle and was just kind of trying to figure out what outlet to use, to, to use that. And uh, so then as I got more into CrossFit, which has a little bit more of a balanced approach than um, some of the more you know bodybuilding or hardcore fitness uh, side of things, I just really got more into this bettering myself as a whole. And so then I just kept going down the, the podcast rabbit hole. Um, and I have this personality where I tend to look at things and think, well, I, why couldn't I do that? Like if other people could do that, why couldn't I do that? And I'm also very competitive. So then I was like, well, maybe I'll start a podcast. And so I started to look into it and downloaded the software and ordered, you know, six microphones to decide which one I liked. And, and then it was so much harder than I thought it was going to be in a great way. But I think we listened to them and we're like, oh, they put a microphone up and just start talking. <laughs> so when it was so much harder than I thought it was going to be, it was almost this extra like, well, now I'm really going to do it. Like, I'm going to show them that I can do this. And at that point, you know, you already start telling people that you're going to do it. And so then you feel a little bit more <laughs> held accountable. Um, 
so that's, I mean, that's really how it got started. It was, it was like a, Hey, that would be fun. And I was a journalism major in college before I was a nutri before I got my degree in nutrition. Um, so I've always loved stories and people and talking. Um, and so it felt like a very natural fit. And then as I got into it and realized that it was a little bit more challenging than I thought, it felt like a real fit. Cause I like a good challenge. Yes. If you're going to be in any kind of active CrossFit weightlifting, anything <laughs> probably need to be good at overcoming challenges. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, what were some of the early obstacles that maybe you didn't expect? Um, and then maybe share how you overcame those things to actually put your podcast out there. Yeah. So some of the first few obstacles were I've never edited audio or video. I have zero experience with that stuff. So figuring out how to edit audio was a huge obstacle. Um, and I'm a little bit OCD, so I kind of, I mean, I actually really enjoy it um, now that I know how to do it. But initially it was a lot of YouTube videos, like watching for five seconds, trying it myself, watching for 10 seconds, trying it myself. Um, so editing audio was huge. Um, finding the right microphone and right uh, audio setup. I live in an apartment, so finding a way that it wasn't too echoey and how to have guests over where it wasn't awkward in my apartment, um, some of those types of things. Um, but a lot of obstacles, I feel I almost anticipated them better by just really exposing myself to podcast culture. So um, there's podcasters who have done podcasts on how to create podcasts, and there's lots of resources out there. Um, and so I felt like by listening those, listening to those, they would give examples of things that I hadn't even thought of. And one of them was Tim Ferriss did an episode on podcasting, and he talked about, um, which I know you guys just did a webinar on this too, on uh, what to say to your guests before they come over so that they or before they hop on the podcast so they feel prepared um, without you know giving them a question list. And that was something that I didn't even think of at that point. So then I was like, oh, I need, I need a good email to send people you know, before they get on my podcast. So just by really trying to like dive headfirst into it, I feel like I almost anticipated some of the hurdles before they were a big hurdle too. That makes sense. So you, so you uh, definitely drank it through a fire hose, just as, <laughs> yes. much, as, po as much information as possible to kind of cover your bases, to be right. prepared and then able to actually execute. I, totally. I like that. <laughs> Definitely sets you up for success in life, just in general, in addition to podcasting. Right. So uh, what were some of the podcasts that, uh, I guess, inspired you to say, okay, I could do this too, or I want to do something like this person has created, or I really resonate or relate to the message that they're spreading, and so I want to kind of take that and make it my own. What were some of the podcasts or... Uh, things that, that inspired you when you were coming up with the idea for Hey Presley? Yeah, Tim Ferriss is a big one. So the Tim Ferriss show, um, I really love long form, get into the nitty gritty, like what do people eat for breakfast kind of podcast. Um, so that was a big one. One of my absolute favorites is How I Built This with Guy Raz, which is an NPR podcast. Um, and that's a very different, and I guess that's a, a good point to highlight, is when I was trying to decide the format of Hey Presley, I purposely listened to very different style podcasts and try to take what I liked from each one. So like, I love that NPR's podcasts um, have a lot of editing. There's, you know, uh, audio effects and music in the background while people are talking and then they tell you part of the story and then the person comes back in. But I knew that that was probably too ambitious to start. So I was like, well, what parts can I keep of that, you know, and have a little bit more of storytelling without being so edited? 
Um, whereas, you know, Tim Ferriss is pretty like raw two and a half hours of just conversation. Um, so those are two of my absolute favorites. Um, Gold Diggers with Jenna Kutcher is a really popular one for female startups and entrepreneurs. Um, and it's very, very tangible. And that was another big thing I wanted to make sure. I feel like especially in the health and fitness space, which is what my podcast more focuses on, um, I didn't want it to be general inspiration and motivation. I wanted to be, you know, here's exactly how to drink more water kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Giving people the practical tools to actually yes. implement in their lives and make a difference. Well, right. and, I, and I think you've been successful at that. Just uh, so I look at all I listen to probably more podcasts than I so ever, <laughs> ever imagined that I would working at Buzzsprout. Um, but very rarely are podcasts able to, I think, resonate with their audience as well as yours does. And the way that I look for this is I look at the Apple podcast ratings because yeah. no matter how good your podcast is, there's always a troll who's like, right. man, I showed up for this and, and she started talking about her feelings. One star. Like there's always <laughs> something like that, but you have at least of, as of today, 41 ratings on Apple podcasts and all of them are five stars. Like you yeah. have no four stars, no three <laughs> stars, no two stars, one, no one stars. So you're either borrowing your friend's phones <laughs> and saying, Hey, let me, let me grab your phone I for a sec. I haven't thought of that. I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're either doing that or you're really delivering high quality stuff to your listeners. And so, so I just think that that's phenomenal how you. you kind of identified, this is what's really going to help the people that I'm wanting to serve and then following through on that. So I just want to, I just want to encourage you a little bit and let you know that that's awesome. And it's, and it's really rare to see that. So you should be really excited about that. Thank you. Now tell me a little bit about some of the interactions you've been able to have with people that listen to your podcast because it's it's tied into uh your nutrition business and and coaching people and you have a blog and things like that so i imagine you are a little more high touch with people that listen to your podcast than maybe someone who just has a podcast uh so tell sure. me a little bit about maybe a couple stories that jump out to you of people that have really been impacted by the episodes you've been able to put out over the last you know almost a year now yeah. Oh, it's been so cool. And I'm sure other people that have podcasts can obviously relate. Being able to provide people a platform and say, hey, you have a cool story and like I have a way to help you share that. It, it really brings the cool like um, under layers out of people because if they have something to share and they feel like you're somebody that can help them share that rather than them just spitting on their social medias or to their friends. Um, it's a really cool way to meet and talk to people. And several of my guests have been, you know, I had a guest on and they told, met somebody cool and were like, hey, I know a podcast you should go on. And so it's been really cool referrals in that way. Um, one of my absolute favorite stories is one of my more recent podcasts was about body image. Um, and it was with Shelby Lawson, who owns BloomFit, which is a company that certifies um, fitness professionals to become body positive coaches. So it's really cool. She found a really cool niche in the fitness space and said, you know, we need to make sure that people that are coming in contact with those that want to improve their lives every day know how to do it in a way that's also going to help their self-esteem. Um, and so I had her on and we talked all about, you know, fat shaming and body image and, um, you know, when your girlfriend says she's fat, like how to help that situation without just being like, oh my God, no, you're not, which doesn't really do anything. <laughs> so it was a very tactical, but also super inspiring conversation. And a girl met, uh, emailed me shortly after and 
Um, she said, you know, I'm a, a new mom. I, she has like a, a toddler and then a new baby girl. And she said, I'm a new mom and my husband and I are going on a cruise or beach trip in a couple weeks. And I tried on my two piece and I was so discouraged because I felt like I've been working hard. I should look better after having my baby, you know, X amount of months ago. And I actually started crying and I went to Target and got a one piece and was like, fine, I'll just wear the one piece swimsuit. And she said, and then I listened to your podcast and I was so inspired and said, you know what? I'm going to rock whatever swimsuit like I want to rock. And it was just, she was like, this is exactly what I needed right now. And it was one of those moments where you just sit at your computer and you're like, wow, like this was a conversation, you know, that I had that I hoped people listened to and hope that it impacts somebody. And it went beyond impact. You know, she's going to have more fun on her vacation and feel, you know, better with her husband on this trip because she heard this conversation. So being able to bring those kinds of stories to people's ears. And I always try to remember, you know, for every person that emails or puts it on Instagram, there's 10 more that probably aren't going to say anything, but they're still getting something out of it. Yeah. How does that feel knowing that just by having a podcast and sharing conversations with people and uh, practical advice that you're able to have that deep of an impact not just oh yeah you know presley's cool and she shares some awesome <laughs> stuff but like really yeah. have a huge impact on people's lives how does that feel oh it's indescribable it's like goosebumps and christmas morning all at the same time it's uh it's so cool because i think that's i mean i think we're all here to make an impact and whether it's with people we love or in the podcast world or whatever business that you're in, I think that most passion projects come out of a desire to make an impact on other people's lives. So when you get that tangible, you made an impact on me kind of message, it's like, just, it's uh, it's hard to explain. It's so good. No, it definitely is. And I know for me personally, like those emails, Facebook messages, interactions, uh, I always try and think about those conversations whenever I'm kind of like feeling the grind of the podcast and feeling like, ah, oh, this is a lot of work to keep this up and to continue to put totally. out episodes. And and I'm not even sure if I want to do it right now. Like my motivation <laughs> is not there. But then I yeah. think about the people that have written in that have told me about how, you know, the podcast has helped them personally. And it's like, all right. If I'm not going to do it for me today, I need to do it yep. for them. And it just kind of gives me over the hurdle to, to stay in the game. Um, totally. To when I get back to when I'm, when I'm excited about it again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to get that fire relit. For yes. sure. I have a, um, and actually I got this idea from a podcast, um, but I have like a hype up, I call it like a hype up folder in my email. So I keep like those really awesome messages from clients or podcast listeners in a folder so that like whenever I need a little like, you know, get up and go, like you can just read through and you have this folder of all these awesome things that people have said to you and it kind of gets that fire relit. Don't keep one with the haters. You don't need to keep those. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a fantastic idea because then it's easily accessible, you know, so you yep. don't have to go like digging like, oh, what was that person's name again? Let me try and remember. Was it a Jane or a Jim? Like, let me try right. and comb through my inbox. It's like You're right like, there. I'm over it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that's really smart. I think that's 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 uh, a great strategy uh, to take away. Um, now, talk about some of the guests that you've been able to have on, because I know for me, one of the things that I love about podcasting is being able to get access to strangers that I look up to and admire in a certain space that I've never met before and just can send them a cold email and then get like an hour of their time. So totally. so maybe talk about some of the guests that you've been able to connect with and reach out with that they weren't just a guest on your podcast, but you've 
gone on to either be friends or acquaintances or connect, stay connected after the fact as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, I've had some really cool people on. Um, Oh man. One of the earlier ones that I had, um, her name is Jill Peterson and I knew she goes, she actually goes to my gym, but at a different time than I do. So I like knew of her, but didn't know her that well. Um, and she, um, recently started a business that's in short life coaching for women. Um, and she's really, really awesome with teenage women and moms. And so I had her early on early on. And it was one of those first podcasts where I was kind of like, I don't really know what we're going to talk about, but I think you're an inspiring person and like you would have good things to say. <laughs> and it unfolded to this awesome conversation. And we have grown since then. And now we actually hold workshops together throughout the Phoenix area. We do um, goal setting workshops for women. Um, so like that's grown into this awesome partnership. Um, I had Brie Pear who owns Only Human. Um, and Only Human is a charitable organization, um, and they change charities every month. And in order to donate to these different charities, they um, sell apparel that's all you know super cool and has different messages in line with the charity. It's a really, really neat organization. Um, and so a friend of a friend got me in touch with her, and she came on and shared her message of how she started this company, and it's grown into this huge movement. Um, so that was super cool. And, um, most recently, my most recent episode was with, with a girl named Tiffany Armstrong. And she was one of those where I had a gentleman on earlier. His name was Tommy and he was, um, working, he's like friends with Tiffany. And he said, you need to have this girl on your podcast and like group texted us. Um, and Tiffany was, um, actually attacked when she like physically attacked when she was, uh, like in college and then was in two abusive relationships and then eventually realized, okay, I need to a figure out how to protect myself and B figure out why I'm attracting this, um, you know, kind of person in my life and went through this total life transformation, ended up getting, um, I'm going to mess up the, the level, but some level of black belt and now teaches people how to have self-defense skills in a very tactical and tangible way. Um, because as she tells in the interview, when she got attacked, she was with a group of friends and one of the groups, one of the people in that friend group actually was very highly skilled in martial arts, but just froze because they were so nervous. So she talks all about what to do to protect yourself. And it was super tangible and, and tactical. And so she's just kind of getting this business off the ground. Um, so I know there's going to be really cool things in the future for her. So being able to be a small part of like helping her share her story and how that can you know help other people literally save their lives is super cool. No, it is really cool when you have a platform to be able to highlight people that you like no this person needs more exposure more people yeah. need to hear what they have to say and to to get connected with them and just to be able to connect people in that way so it's not just people coming to listen to you but then you're also pointing you know people to listen to your podcast other resources that could help them um yeah is something that i love about podcasting especially doing interview podcasts now you don't just cover like surface level stuff on your podcast like you you have some pretty deep, personal, vulnerable, raw conversations with your sure. guests. And so I wanted to ask you, uh, what are the strategic things that you do to create the environment for those conversations to flourish? Because especially when you don't really know the person ahead of time, probably the, the hardest thing to do is establish trust quickly, where they yeah. trust you with their story. They trust you with the maybe the details they haven't shared publicly before. So like, what are some things that you do to, to help your guest open up and feel really comfortable, uh, doing the interview on your podcast? Yeah. Great question. So, um, 
I do do my podcast out of my studio apartment, and I always joke that is it a uh, you know an apartment studio or a podcast studio? Same, same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that that helps, like the comfy couch setting and like homey. Um, I definitely think that helps. It's not quite so like cold and formal. Um, but as soon as I talk to somebody about coming on the podcast, they get an email that says. Um, you know, I'm so, and it's, you know, automatic, but it's like, I'm so excited to see you. Here's exactly where you're going to go and how much of your time I'm going to take. Here are the things I'm not going to ask you about. I'm not going to ask you about politics. I'm not going to ask you about, you know, certain things like that. Um, and things I am going to ask you about might be a little bit more vulnerable, but everything is editable. So it's always better to say too much because we can always take stuff out if we, you know, press stop and you're like, eh, I would rather you not include that. Um, and I try to just make it seem very, very comfortable right from the get go. And I say, you know, wear whatever you want. I'm going to be in yoga pants, like just very casual so that they feel that they can just show up as themselves. And then they get a reminder email as it gets closer. It's the same thing. Like, hey, hope you're excited. I'm stoked. We're just going to relax and have a conversation. Um, And then from the moment they get in, I basically press record Um, because then it's not this awkward like okay i'm excited all right are you ready okay let's do it now 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 we're going you know so it's kind of like if we just start it from the get-go we can like make small talk and get really into it and then i also give them a roadmap of where the the interview is going to go so i say okay i'm going to start with a little bit about your background and here's one or two things i'm going to ask you then we're going to transition more into the meat of it and here's a couple things i'm going to ask you and then you know at the end i'll give you a chance to plug yourself and talk about where people can find you. And so then they feel really confident in what's coming. And it's not like a, Ooh, I didn't know you were going to ask that, you know, which puts the guard up a little bit. Yeah. I've definitely found that to be true that the more kind of prep and encouragement you can give people, especially if they aren't used to being interviewed yeah, podcasts or videos or any, any of that, right? Like it's, it's easy to forget what it's like to be interviewed for the first time. When you're always, you know, week in and week out sitting in front of a microphone talking about yourself. Um, And so I've definitely found that to be true. Kind of the more that you can coach people and, and, uh, you know, assure them that their worst fears will not come true, that (laughs) there's nothing that can't be undone. (laughs) And, um, And just to kind of like reassure them that, you know, you're not just trying to catch them. In like a, right. a moment of weakness and ha ha, I got you. But, right, it's not but, a gotcha show. Right, but it's more about kind of helping them share their story and feel comfortable doing that. So I think all those things that you talked about were really key. Uh, I, I especially love um, kind of sharing from your perspective, like your mindset, attitude, prep going into it. Like I'm going to be wearing yoga pants. I'm going to be chill. Right. So you come chill too. It's not you don't wear a suit and tie. It's be a great time. Yeah, right. and so then it feels more like you're just going to see a friend, and you're just going to hang yeah. out with somebody that you're already close with, instead of going into a job interview with like these really high stakes, and I have to deliver and you know right. say these great things, um, because the the more guarded your guest is, the less uh, less it'll actually be like a conversation and the more it'll feel like you're just drilling them with questions. And so I think that that's totally all the stuff you, you listed are, are great points and great tips. Um, so I've noticed in your interviews that when you ask questions, they are well-researched, like that you actually know Thanks. a good amount about the person before they jump on. And you're not just like fishing for maybe this will be interesting or maybe they'll have something nice to say about that. But like you really do yeah. a, pr- a thorough job of, you know, researching them, getting to know them a little bit. So like, what does that process look like for you when you're kind of doing some background investigation into your guests? And uh, is it kind of like your journalism background that 
helps play a role in digging up some details that are like, oh, yeah, that'll be a great story or that'll be a great question to ask. Totally. Um, journalist like studying journalism was such a cool. It's so funny that many years later that that's like coming back into my life. And I've since I'm still friends with the journalism advisor I had in high school who was huge in my life. And I've since reached out to her and be like, surprise, I'm using journalism again. Like, I feel like it pops up in different areas of my life. Um, but absolutely. So when I'm researching a guest, like nothing is off limits in the sense that I'll like Google their name and Facebook their name and Instagram their name. And whatever comes up, like that goes in a Google Doc. So even if it doesn't seem like that's the right Presley Hirsch, like we're going to write it down and then check it. So I, I batch kind of all my information and then go through and see. And, you know, most recently when Tiffany Armstrong was on and I was searching her name, um, it came up as like somebody involved with this company called Papa Lock that was like a security company. And I thought, well, that's probably not her. And, you know, kind of like push it off to the side. And then as I kept researching, it is her. Her parents own it. And so it's like that enabled me to ask a question about that in our interview. Um, so I really kind of treat it as nothing's off limits. How much information can I grab on this person or who I think this person is and then decipher from there. And then I do ask in my initial email when I confirm a podcast interview, um, a couple of things that I ask as follow up is one, is there anything you absolutely don't want me to ask you? Um, and I actually got that question because one of my first guests um, had a very specific a secret job in the military that he did not want to talk about and told me that in person. And so I was like, Oh, I should probably like most people probably aren't going to have like have that case, but maybe I'll ask just in case. So I've since added that question. Um, I also ask for pictures of them to, to use in the social graphics. And then another one is, um, are there any like favorite stories that you love to share? Are there any like highlight moments of your life that like, if you were going to give your elevator speech would come up? Um, and you know, you don't have to give me the whole story, but just give me the main points. Cause then I can ask a little bit better questions when I speak to it. Well, and that, that leads perfectly into what I wanted to ask next, which is once you compiled all the information and kind of like the backdrop of this person, how do you decide what things you want to focus on in the conversation? Cause you, you obviously can't talk about everything in this person's life. And so you right. kind of have an idea of this is the general direction I'm wanting to go even if it's not 100% scripted out. So like, what are the things that you look for in coming up with questions or topics that you want to discuss with someone? Yeah, I try to make it general enough to be very applicable to a wide audience because I, especially in being in the health space that I am, like that is a very general audience. Um, and so, you know, again, with Tiffany as my most recent example, um, I could have focused on how to get out of abusive relationships, you know, or something like that. But I don't feel like that's going to be as applicable to as many people as how to keep yourself safe when you're walking around at night or how to keep your house safe. You know, there's more homeowners than there are people in abusive relationships. And so I was trying to think, um, I always try to take the perspective of what's going to help the most people. And then on top of that, being helpful. So there's plenty of things that you could ask that just are interesting and you would like to learn about the person. Um, but I try to write my questions in what I care about this answer. If I was a listener, um, is this something that I would want to learn or something that I could use? Cause there's plenty of people with cool stories and interesting backgrounds, but if it's not something that's going to keep the listener engaged or something, that's going to be something they're going to want to then apply to their life, then that's not what I'm trying to do with this podcast. And then how do you try and ask your questions in a way that opens up your guests to share stories 
Because it could be very easy to get into like this tit for tat. I'm gonna ask you a question. You're gonna give me information. Right. Ask you another question. You're gonna give me some more information. You know, like okay, how do you stay safe at home? Okay, well these are the three things that I do. It's like okay, that's right. that's probably helpful, <laughs> but it might be more intriguing to hear stories associated with those things. So how yeah. do you, how do you form your questions to make sure that you're setting up your guest to share stories versus just giving you information? Oh, that's a good question. So something we talk a lot about in journalism, and I'm sure my advisor is going to, you know, be upset that I'm not going to remember the name, but you don't want to ask, um, like, it's probably close-ended questions would be the right word. Like, you don't want to ask questions that end in yes, no, black, white, one thing. Um, so asking questions that would prompt a conversational response. Um, and I think, you know, a big way to do that is obviously to ask yourself the question and see if it's a yes or no question, but then also to expand on the, and how, like the and how, like whether and how did you learn that or how do you do that or how did that become something that you thought was important? Um, the and how kind of bridge um, at the end of the question, I think helps build out that conversational piece. And so many people have such great things to share and I think just aren't trained in how to answer them in a conversational or story way. So if you can prompt the and how, I think it starts to open that door and then they start talking and feel more comfortable and can really build off that. So I think that's a really important skill is knowing how to ask good questions, especially if the people you interview in your podcast are not seasoned interviewers or are not used to kind of engaging in a in a conversation that's being recorded on a specific subject because it is different as much as you try and make it just a casual conversation. It's so different. It's different than just meeting (laughs) for coffee at Starbucks. Right. And so, right. So if you can learn how to ask open-ended questions that prompt stories that prompt the person having to explain, you know, why this was significant or why they made the decision that they did or, you know, why it's important. The more that you can do that as a podcaster, the, the more you're going to help kind of set your guests up for success and be able to totally. share the best version of themselves and the best things that they have to offer. Um, and then selfishly to know that this interview is really the best that I can make it because yeah. the guest is really opening up and they're sharing personal stories and they're sharing things that I think are really helpful and relevant for my audience. And so it's great as a podcaster to know that as you develop that skill over time of knowing how to ask good questions, that that's going to come back and help the people listening to your, to your podcast as well. Absolutely. I feel like every podcast I do, like the next one, I'm like, this is the best one I've ever done. And then the next one, I'm like, no, this is the best one. <laughs> because it's like you get more and more comfortable with questions and the conversations. And that's going to make a, you know a lot better experience. And I think as I've gotten more experienced, a big thing that's made a difference is you know, the first couple interviews I did at like a kitchen table and I'm staring at my screen to make sure it's recording like half the time because I'm nervous that like something's going to stop recording, which isn't really a thing. But when you're early, you don't know that. And so all these things that like, you know, and I'm like putting signs on my door that says don't knock and everything feels very like, okay, we're, we're recording a podcast. Whereas now I'm so much more comfortable with being able to change it if I happen to move a little bit away from the microphone or being able to edit things out or, um, you know, knowing that it's recording, that I can I can look the person in the eye a significantly more amount of time and build that comfort. Because if you're distracted making sure the podcast is running like a podcast, then they're going to be too. And then what are some of the things that you uh, talk with your guests about after the interview to encourage them that they did a great job? 
or to highlight certain things that you thought they said that resonated with you that you think is going to be awesome when the episode comes out? And like, how do you share uh, maybe some marketing materials so they can promote it to people that are following them? Like, what does that process look like for you for your podcast? Yeah, so um, exactly. As soon as we finish, I tell them highlights of things that I loved that they said. And I do usually take really small notes throughout. I have a list of questions that I want to make sure I ask. And nine times out of 10, we end up talking about them without me having to look at my notes because it just comes up naturally in conversation. Um, but if I'll like underline things or star things or make, you know, little um, kind of handwritten notes to myself super quick of things that I want to make sure I bring up at the end to say that they did really awesome. Because I mean, who doesn't like a pat on the back after you do something nerve wracking? <laughs> so we try to try to call out some highlights for sure. Um, and then I give them a rundown of when it's going to be posted. So I do record pretty far ahead. I try to stay um, at least six to eight weeks ahead just to sleep a little bit better at night. Um, so I give them an idea of when it'll post. And then um, the day before it posts, I always email them um, at least two uh, graphics that they can use on their like Instagram story or Facebook that have a clip of the audio in them. And then same thing with their Instagram story. So I tell them, you know, here's all the links. Here's all the places you can find this podcast. And here's the links. Here's what you need to tag and, you know, a hashtag if you'd like to share it. And here's graphics you can use and, and logos and stuff like that. Um, so I try to make it really easy for them to spread the word and, and tell their friends that they can, you know, listen to them. Yeah, the the easier you make it for someone to humble brag and sometimes outright right. brag that they were a guest right. on someone else's <laughs> podcast, the more likely it is that they'll actually follow through and do it. Totally. So I want to pivot a little bit um, because this podcast is kind of a piece of a larger puzzle, so to speak. So because you also have your personal nutrition coaching business that this yeah. is kind of wrapped up in. So talk about how you decided that podcasting was going to be a beneficial part of, you know, growing your brand and growing your client base and then uh, how that has actually worked out for you from what you initially were hoping for and then how it's actually turned out. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because when I first started the podca podcast, a lot of people said, oh, like this is going to be a great way to get more clients. And I was like, I didn't even think about it like that. Like it was more of like a, <laughs> it was more of like, this seems really fun and like a good extension of my business, which, you know, sometimes I probably need to put my marketing hat on more, but it what I totally didn't even think about it yet as a like client tool, um, more as a tool, um, in the sense that, you know, I, so I have a nutrition coaching business, um, which is just so rewarding and um it actually turned two years old yesterday oh congrats um, so i've had it for two years thank you um and i've been doing it full time for about a year and a half and i find that i'm having the same conversations a lot which i think is the case with a lot of businesses but especially a lot of coaching you know when somebody's seeking help with their food they tend to have similar issues with their food or their health and so i end up having a lot of the same conversations which is great but then it also there's this element of well if a lot of people need this because a lot of people are having the same issues like what if i could give it to more people that weren't necessarily working with me or couldn't afford to work with me or don't maybe don't need a coach but could still benefit from this information so that's really how it started and there's a lot of companies that end up doing more you know facebook group coaching or more like bulk coaching or they build templates or ebooks or courses or, and all of those things are, you know, great tools. Um, but because I was already interested in podcasting, I thought, well, this could be a way to spread information that seems to be needed in a lot of people's lives, um, uh, much easier. So that was kind of the, 
the catalyst for that. And then it has been really cool. I've definitely had people reach out and become clients that have listened to the podcast. Um, but even more so, I mean, I'm so big on just continually adding value to the clients that I have. Um, and I have a really great retention rate and I've worked with people for a lot of this two years, I think for that reason. And so podcasting has been a super cool way where, you know, when a client is struggling with something, even if they're not huge into podcasts, I can be like, Hey, like I recorded this specifically on that. And then then they know it's me and they feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, and it's a little bit more attainable kind of information. And so many people, I think, I mean, of course, as podcasts are growing, um, like to listen to things rather than to read long blogs or watch videos, you know, it's so easy to do just about anywhere that it just feels like another way to convey information to my clients. But then if other people can benefit, like that's just a bonus. And then how do you make sure to keep your podcast fresh for yourself? Uh, Because, you know, it's one thing when podcasting is like a hobby in and of itself, apart from any kind of connection to a business or any kind of income. But then it's almost like this imaginary switch that turns on when now it's like incorporated into this you know yeah you're 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 making a living to support yourself and it's like the pressure's on like i gotta continue to keep all these plates spinning because if one of them drops you know i might be homeless (laughs) or you know the worst case scenario possible (laughs) so like how do you uh keep the podcast and keep podcasting fresh personally so you stay engaged and you stay excited about you know the things that you have going on yeah that's a great question um I'm involved in a lot of different things, I think, for that reason, because I like to be doing lots of different things to stay excited. Um, A big thing is I'm really good about scheduling my time. So I'm very intentional about, you know, these days I do calls and these days I do nutrition coaching emails and these days are podcast days and these days are. So I'm very specific about where I spend my time um, because otherwise we end up just doing all the things we enjoy and not enough of the stuff that we need to be doing. Um, that we don't necessarily want to do, which is often the stuff that does keep food on the table and (laughs) keep you paying your rent. Right. Right. Um, but I think, you know, everything I've started has always been, whether it's my nutrition business or the podcast or other projects I've gotten into, it's always coming from a place of passion first and then provided income. If that was the means that, you know, it was going to go down. Um, and I think that's huge. And I get a lot of, I'm involved in a lot of entrepreneur stuff and I talk to people who, you know, want to leave their job to start this business and think that, you know, these kinds of things should be like these leaps. But really, I think if you can tippy toe into them so that, you know, they're going to work and so that you have some money saved up in case it doesn't, um, then I think that's a lot smarter route to go. So starting my nutrition coaching company, I had a full-time job that I was working nine to five and I was doing the company on the weekends and at night so that I could save up money. So that in case it didn't work, you know, but I already had a really good client base before I made the jump. And same thing with the podcast, you know, it started totally out of something I thought would be really fun. And then if it provides income, then that's great. But I don't, I don't need it to put food on the table, which I think when you can do things at least in the beginning, but in theory, the whole time out of a place of love and fun and passion, you're going to not only do a better job, but it's going to keep from making it stressful and like, oh my gosh, I need to get another episode out because I have to pay my bills, you know? Right. And then you also don't feel the pressure to like, oh, I need to be closing in my podcast and yeah. I need to be like really onboarding people because otherwise it's back to ramen this month, you know, that you can really, you can really just focus on being selfless and, yeah. and playing the long-term, having the long-term approach of I'm just going to serve my listeners. I'm going to provide great value. And if it comes back to me in some way, that's great, but there's no pressure to do that because it is really hard to like 
continue to stay focused on, you know, I'm going to be as selfless as possible and have fun when it's also the thing that's paying your mortgage or your rent. Totally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's so funny. I didn't even start. I mean, now at the end of my podcast, I'm like, this podcast is brought to you by like my company where you can get coaching. But I didn't even start doing that until like two episodes ago because I heard somebody else do it. And I was like, oh, that's genius. I should market my business like on my podcast (laughs) because it's like I've always been so focused on the content and, you know, often I'll have to tailor the content down because I'm trying to put too much in an episode and stuff like that. That's a little bit harder. And uh, I've, I've long believed that if you can just serve, serve, serve and think about, okay, what do I, what would I need? You know, if I was in the place of my listeners, what would I want to hear? And then, you know, the income will come or the following or the other things that, you know, we, we desire, but shouldn't be the main focus maybe. Now tell me a little bit about maybe some mistakes that you made early on that were 100% learning experiences um, that you made, I guess, maybe when you were first starting out or some stories that are funny now looking back. It's like, oh man, I can't believe yeah. I did that or I can't believe I forgot to turn that on or plug that thing in. Like, <laughs> what, what are some things that you <laughs> um, can share that you feel comfortable sharing um, Yeah, that were just kind of like, just just kind of funny okay, I'm still learning as a podcaster moments. <laughs> Isn't it always funny, like how, how things are hilarious in retrospect and in the moment, not at all. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, the most notable is, uh, or, you know, the one that, that come, you know, comes to mind is when I first launched the podcast, I had like five recorded. And I thought I would do an intro podcast, but I just was so excited to like get these interviews out. And I was going through the process of, um, you know, I'd edited all of them and I had signed up for Buzzsprout and I had like submitted them to iTunes. And so as soon as I submit them, I thought, well, this, you know, it says it could take a little, you know, a few days or a week or whatever to get approved. And I was like, okay, so then next I'll work on my intro podcast. And I didn't really connect that like it could happen really fast. And so then I went out to dinner and was like, whoo, pressed submit, like someday I'll get, you know, an application approved notification and then I'll like be rolling. And like 30 minutes later, it was like, your podcast is in iTunes. And like I had episodes two, three, and four published with no one <laughs> and I hadn't even recorded it yet. <laughs> and so that was like, I like ran home from dinner and was like, I need to record an intro because naturally I thought everybody in the world was going to listen to it before I had an intro. And uh, so then I recorded like a four minute intro because I was like, I need to get something up. And originally I was thinking about having like a longer you know, more in-depth intro, but I actually really liked it. I thought it was like to the point, I got a lot of great feedback on the intro podcast and it was kind of funny because, you know, it was so last minute and so like, wow, I got approved way sooner than I thought um, that it actually came together perfectly. But that's, I mean, that's a big one that comes to mind because I remember that (laughs) panic very clearly. Um, Other things have been, you know, realizing the audio that gets picked up. I had um, a guest who would play with like her necklace the whole time. And I didn't realize until after when it's like crackling in the microphone that <laughs> that, that was a problem. Um, so like things like that. And then I have two great friends who own, um, I can't remember the number uh, episode that they were on, but they own a company called Think Massive and uh, it's a really cool movement. And so I invited both of them to come on the podcast, not thinking that I should probably have a third microphone. So then I like had to have both of them share a microphone and then I was having all these audio issues and we actually, I actually had to like send them home and have them come back while I figured out the audio issues. And it was like, thank goodness it was somebody I knew, you know, but in retrospect, it was just, there's been so many, you know, and then oh, this is my last one I'll give you. Obviously I've had a few mistakes um, because I live in an apartment. 
when Jill Peterson was coming over to do her interview, right before she got here, the landscapers started outside and it was like lawnmower. And I live like right in front of the grass (laughs) (laughs) and it was like crazy lawnmower noises. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't have this on my podcast. So I ran down to the leasing office and I was like, how long are they going to be here? And they're like, we don't know. So then I ran to the landscapers and they only speak Spanish and I don't speak Spanish. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need you to not be here. (laughs) So Jill came in and I like small talked her and got her prepped for the interview and like really took my time. was like, you sure you don't need to go to the bathroom again? And finally, you know, we started (laughs) again, (laughs) about half an hour. Right. (laughs) But, but do you want to go now too? (laughs) And we started about half an hour late, but luckily the landscapers had stopped. And I thought to myself, Someday when I make it and have a podcast studio, this won't be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like every podcaster's worst nightmare, that there's this oh, overwhelming <laughs> background noise that you have no control over, and it's like your one so shot bad. to make the interview happen, you know? I know. No, that's, gr- oh, no, that's great. And, and, <laughs> and I want to start asking this question more often on these interviews, because I think it's, it's, it's fun to look back at, like, the moments where you realized, oh yeah, I'm I'm still human. Like I don't have this whole thing right. figured out, and that's totally fine. And then also like make it not acceptable, but like embrace the fact that podcasting is a learning experience. That nobody starts yeah. as an expert. Nobody starts knowing everything or having the perfect setup or like knowing how to ask all the right questions or how to do all the transitions perfectly. Like everyone is learning at all times, and so right, you know. Not and not letting like those little things that could very easily discourage you or trip you up, keep you from pushing forward and continuing to to grow and to learn and to make it better and and you know trusting that your listeners are there for you and not for your right. technical capabilities. <laughs> and you know it always reminds me. There's that um, poem by Roosevelt. You know the man in the arena. And I always think about nobody's going to make fun of you for trying. Like if you're giving it your best effort and it's not the best audio or somebody's playing with their necklace or, you know, it comes out two days late because the landscapers were outside, nobody's going to judge you for giving your best effort because there's a lot of people that probably want to make a podcast and are too scared to fail that they don't even try. And so if you can step up and be the person in the arena and say, you know what, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do my best and things are going to happen because I'm human, you know, I think people respect that more than they judge it or think that it's you know something to be embarrassed of a hundred percent now we kind of touched on this earlier in the episode but i want to i guess specifically drill into it here and just ask you about kind of your goals for your podcast because you mentioned at the beginning it was like this fun thing you wanted to try and you love trying new things so you just said well let's just go for it and see what happens but now that you've kind of had your feet wet for a while and and you're continuing to do episodes like, what are some goals that maybe you've set for yourself that you're excited about or are pursuing at this moment? Yeah, that's uh, people have asked me that before. And I've always kind of been like, it's just fun. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but as it's gone on, I mean, right now I have an intern helping me edit, which has been so cool. Um, and I have always been a big fan of small business and leadership. And so the fact that I'm able to teach somebody that skill and then give them an opportunity to hone it in so that they can go, you know, he just graduated from college and is trying to figure out what he wants to do in kind of the editing world. Um, And so the fact that I'm able to provide a platform for him to hone in that skill and then, you know, get a job or maybe someday I'll pay him, you know, and hire him on that kind of, you know, being able to provide people that opportunity is so cool. So I hope I can give more people opportunities like that. 
Um, I would love to do a live show someday just because I really love event planning. I love events. I love bringing people together. Um, so if I can bring people, you know, in a room that have similar interests and similar, um, ideals and can kind of bounce ideas off each other and create a community, then that would be awesome. So there's somebody too, you know, how can I get more people involved by giving them opportunities? And then, um, a live event is definitely on my bucket list. Live event is very ambitious. Like that's that's one thing that scares <laughs> me. I'm like, oh, live. <laughs> I like editing things, so live is kind of. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's... It's definitely getting easier. The more you know, not that I'm like ready to do it tomorrow, but I definitely feel like the more I go, the more I think, okay, I can play off more things. Both my brothers are stand-up comedians, so I think a little bit of that is in my blood. <laughs> nice. So they've they've kind of. One of two things. They've either prepped you and said, oh, you can totally do it. Or being brothers, they've totally razzed you and given you a hard time about <laughs> right. ever wanting to pursue it. Yeah, right. They're like, you're not funny. Don't try. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Classic brother moves. Right. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and chatting today about your podcasting journey and just sharing the things that you've learned along the way. Uh, and I'll close out with our, with our infamous question now, which is uh, if you had a time machine, that could go back in time to the day before you launched your podcast and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? To take deep breaths and remember that this is for fun. Because I think even when you are doing something out of fun, um, obviously if you're putting in the work, anytime you put in the work in something, you want it to turn out really well and you want to win. And um, So I think it's easy to get caught up in it needing it to be perfect and and wanting it to be the best podcast ever right out of the gate and knowing that with everything you do, you're always going to get better over time. So just reminding myself to breathe and not, not take it so seriously and remember to just have fun. If you want to start living a healthier lifestyle but aren't super experienced with health or fitness, then make sure to check out the Hey Presley podcast at heypresley.com forward slash podcast and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you wish that you could be featured on a future episode of Podcasting in Real Life? Well, you can. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes to submit your application. And if today's episode inspired you or resonated with you, we would love to hear from you. All you have to do is leave a review in Apple Podcasts to let us know what you thought. And then when other podcasters come to check out Buzzcast, they'll see all the great things that you've said about the show and will subscribe. Well, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, keep podcasting.